106.9. Welcome to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. I'm excited about today's show. Got a lot of stuff to get to today. Bill Maher got himself in a bunch of trouble. Kathy Griffin's now with the victim. The Cavaliers lost game two last night. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com at 8 o'clock. Joined every morning. By Matthew Fantone, buddy. How are you? Uh, pretty sleepy, dude. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I've got a, late last night. I've got a case of the yawns all over me. Uh, the alarm went off this morning, and I'm just like, son of a no. bitch, I hate you. Yeah, I walked in this morning, I saw somebody else from the building, and I said, I just got a big dose of nope on me. Like, nope, I don't want to do it. Nope. Oh, couldn't get out of bed. You know, and honestly, obviously, the Cavaliers have a uh, have a big part of that like attitude on me right now. But other than that, dude, I'm feeling good. I'm doing good. Life's good. So uh, how was the weekend? Not gonna complain too much. Um, weekend was kind of uneventful. Um, I would say one of the highlights of the weekend and one of the things where I was like, damn, this was great. Um, me and the gr- her family and we went to Mulligans up there in um in Belden Village. I yeah, don't yeah. Know, I don't know if you've ever been to that establishment before, but it's very a, uh, golf dude, oriented. Yeah, it's a uh, what do I want to say here? It's it was it was it was we were definitely the youngest people by like maybe two generations. But I always feel like that's a good thing at a restaurant where it's like, damn, these old people they complain all the time. They know stuff about food and uh, yeah, dude. I mean, the Mulligans was two thumbs up. Other than that, though, it was kind of a boring weekend. What's uh, what's your story? I had a great weekend. What'd you have going? Well, on? I mean, I you know I, I had uh, I worked Saturday night, but Friday I played thirty six holes of golf. Jeez. Friday, I, yeah, I, well, I got out of here, shut the phone off, right. went out to the golf course, played twice. Uh, played pretty well. I mean, physically, you had to be tired, right? 36 holes of golf, Honestly, that's a lot. When I woke up Saturday morning, I expected to feel terrible, and I didn't. When you when you play the 18, and yeah. you go back and you start at 1, yeah. I mean, is that second round, I don't want to say like boring, because no. I don't think that's the right term, but is it like a different challenge? Is it like, I, to me, <sighs> to playing it twice, if you went to one course in the morning and then went to one course in the afternoon, okay, I can see it's, that. F- so for you, it's like what, playing the same 18 holes again, how yeah. is that? Yeah, yeah. It, it's, the game just changes because you're not going to play the, every hole the same way. Okay. You know, you hit the tee shot, it's different. You're okay. not in the same position. So, you know what I mean? The game's played on the earth, so it changes. You okay. know what I mean? All and right. things like that. So what I did was is I played the 18, went in, had something to eat, went out, played another nine, and then I went back in. I was like, all right, yeah, maybe I'm going to go home. And, that was, and then somebody else was like, no, well, let's go play one more nine. This is Friday. And so I went out there, and actually, dude, I shot the round of my life. There you go. On the final, uh, on my final round. Uh, a Friday afternoon, and then we played again yesterday. There was like six of us playing two-man scrambles out there trying to beat the rain. I mean, <laughs> we were getting poured on, and then we were pulling into the car garage, like kind of waiting it out, and then we went back out there getting poured on again. But, uh, dude, dude, your boy wants some money on the golf course. Well, right. There you go. When it comes to like the round of your life, I mean, were you with somebody who who's going to verify that? Yeah. And like, okay, well, and at least... Because I could see that being very like frustrating. Like, I came close to my goal. If you just meet with some guy that's out there and it's not your friend, it's nobody that, like, cares about you, like, you're never going to see that dude again. He doesn't care about the best round of your life. No, but there's still, like, you can tell when somebody's playing well. Okay. And so, and it's, you appreciate it, whether you know that person or not. Like, because that happens all the time at golf course. You just get randomly paired up with right. people. And there, which you would think I would hate, and secretly I kind of do, but, but uh, you know, sometimes you end up meeting great people. But, um... No matter what happens, you appreciate nice shots when you see them. And because you play the game, you're happy for somebody else. Like when the, when a shot goes really well for somebody, you're like, yeah, man, I know how that one feels. That had to feel amazing. Like, way to go. Like, you just kind of root for for each other whether you know one another or not. A it's little, weird. A little brotherhood of golfers. Gentlemen's there. game. Yeah, gentlemen's game. Gentlemen's right game. All right. So All right. I kind of want to – I don't want to dismiss this Cavaliers thing. because okay. Of course not. I think what's going to end up happening is – 
and I said this to somebody last night, the conversation is going to be, who are we trading Kevin Love for? Like, what are we doing with Kevin Love? That's gonna Now, I don't think we should trade Kevin Love, okay? I like Kevin Love. I think Kevin played all right. But he's got the most movable contract from what I read yesterday. And you know we're going to – now, this is a big if, because I still think the Cavaliers got plenty of opportunity to win the series, okay? But if they should lose this series, and if you lose it in dramatic fashion, and I mean, like, if you get swept in four – there, let's not pretend we're not going to have conversations about who's going where. And um, it's going to yeah. be Kevin Love for Jimmy Butler, right? That's going to be the big. That's going to be the big conversation. I mean, I guess what I'm going to say about all this is, is Kevin Love. I mean, had a fantastic. He had a great game. game. He's been playing better than you know, arguably a vast majority of the Cavaliers out on the finals floor. Agreed. Um, so I don't think that that's going to be the case. I really, genuinely don't. I mean, I think that's what the conversation will be. Yes. It'll be the piece. Will that happen? Will, you say no. Will that actually happen, or will that actually be like? Investigated by the Cavaliers? No, of course they're going to take phone calls, and if people call and say, "Hey, we want, we you know, we want to inquire about Kevin Love," then of course you know you're going to anyone field all offer, right? Any a, anyone would. Um, but do I realistically think that's going to happen? No, I um I, I think it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, you know, like you said, the Cavaliers have an opportunity to right the ship, and I don't know if they're going to be able to or not. Just don't ask LeBron if they need to defend <laughs> their, their home floor. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to or not, but I mean, I. I do know that like this is a phenomenal basketball team in the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're great. They complement each other well. But the Golden State Warriors are really, really good. And I don't know if it was my hatred of the Warriors, which I will continue to hate until the day that I die, dude. Despise every guy on that team. They all have that punchable face. They all have that. Just everything about them pisses me off. I hate Clay Thompson. But they're so, so good. And adding Kevin Durant to that team, I mean, I don't want to say it's impossible to guard, but it just it's so tough to do. Yeah, they spread you wide and, out, yeah. Unless you have the perfect storm going on of... Of of uh, your offense, your defense, and everything coming together at the right time, um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, obviously, what happens in these next few games, and the Warriors are going to have to make moves too. Unless you think, unless well, I mean, I mean, Durant already came out and said he's taking less money. We'll see how much less money he takes. If you have all those guys saying, "Hey, I'm going to take less money," which is crazy to me, I understand that. Like, okay, championships are valuable, and endorsements are valuable, and things like that. Yeah, but I mean, do these guys? make more money on their shoes than they do in the uh, playing games, right? But if you could add an extra hundred million dollars onto your contract over four years, I, dude, that's not, it's not like, it's not like I'm saying like, oh, well, yeah, we're giving up 10,000 bucks here. We're talking about a hundred million dollars. I'm with you, I, but I think that's something very impressive about today's athlete is that they're starting to realize, and it really goes to show you how much more money these guys make than they ever have before. Now, I know every generation, the, the working stiffs like us, we bitch about, you know, celebrity pay. Right. Right. But these guys are now making generational wealth. Like it's I mean, dude, like average NBA guys are now hundred million guys. They're hundred million dollar guys. I mean, that new TV contract made everybody loaded. And so if I was being paid like that, I would think maybe, well, dude, yeah, let's win, too, on top of it. For $20 million, I'm taking the $20 million extra over four years. You know what I'm saying? Like, if my difference is like, oh, well, you can make $80 million over four or $100 million over four. How much more money do you make off the court as an NBA champion? 
champion, though. I mean, let's look at the Cavaliers from this year. Do you feel like do you feel like Kevin Love made more money as as a champion than he did not? No, he was in more commercials last year. You know what I mean? Kyrie hmm. was in more commercials last year. Like it was it was those Uncle Drew commercials were were, were much more relevant. Those last dropping year. dimes commercials were last. Yeah, exactly. So like, no, I don't think you make it up on the back end. And the bigger point of this to me is, oh, that's interesting. The bigger the bigger point of this to me is, and I thought about this last night, dude. Salary caps are stupid. Why don't you just let teams pay what they want to pay? And like baseball, dude, if you want to go out there and you want to spend, you know, $200 million over the course of a season, why not? I I, 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 I don't I, I, I don't know a good reason not to do that. I, I can't come up with it. And I thought about it in like terms of the NFL. And then I thought about it in terms of MLB. And like, dude, to me, dude, let these owners and these guys are billionaires. Let these owners spend the money that they want to. It, to, to, to tell them like, no, you can only have three max players. Why? What, what difference does that make? Yeah, that's crazy. I, I I'll tell you the next story that's coming, too. If we get swept in four, and I don't think we will, but if we get swept in four, get ready for the LeBron's leaving again conversation. Get ready for it. And I'll say this. I, we've been speculating that LeBron James, because he, he even came out and said, look, I'm going to buy a team. We said we probably think it's the Cavaliers. May, might already be a handshake deal that's done. But I will say this. I don't think that there's a – I don't – somebody will say there's no way he leaves the Cavaliers. I don't think there's no way he does it. I don't think he's going to. I'm not going to start, you know, you know, cranking up that machine of like, get ready, he's out. But I don't think that I'm, dude. A guy that's as good as LeBron James, I think somebody is capable of putting an offer out there that may lure him away. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying there's not no way it won't. The only reason I'll say I think there's no way that it won't is that there's no good landing place anywhere that he would have to go. I mean, he's going to have to rebuild. He's not going to walk into a better situation than he has right now, and I think he knows that. Are we maybe in a perfect storm where like four or five guys are all going to be available at the same time and one team just goes, yeah, let's pick them all up right now and we'll build the super team in one day? I, like, I mean, I could see the Lakers maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think LeBron is a Cavalier forever. I'm just saying if you get swept in four, that guy's that dominant. He knows the window's shutting. At some point, and will he think about it? I don't know. I, I, I just don't think you can say there's no way he's not going to leave. I don't think he will, but I, you know, we're talking, you know, human beings and money and championships, and is he better than Michael? And all that stuff weighs on those shoulders, and I think it will weigh into his decision. But again, I think the Cavaliers still got a fantastic chance to win this series. We still got to play at home. Uh, still got to play at home. Sure, I think the Cavs have a chance to right the ship. I don't know if they have a fantastic. Chance all right, fantastic's probably a little hyperbole, but I, 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 you know, you. Two games at the queue, we'll see how I feel after game three. That's really, you know what I mean? I, I will say, though, that, you know, after last night, I was like, eh, it's probably dwindling a little bit. But, you know, you got to see how they play at home. Yesterday marked a huge anniversary for, in the lives of uh, Matthew Fantone and myself. We'll get into that. And also get you hooked up with a pair of Rhythm and Brews tickets that coming up at the Canton uh, Cultural Center on the 22nd. We'll get you into that next. Hang on. Yeah. On Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show, Rock 106.9. Online for EWRQK.com. Missed any show last week? Podcast it right there. Awesome. It's where you can see some body cam footage from the Canton Cop. There was a complaint uh, being uh, thrown around. Technology shows us the real story. We'll get into that around 7.30, but want to skip ahead. The video's online for you. WRQK.com. Coming up on the 22nd. 
It's Rhythm and Bruise. Benefit the uh, Ark of Stark. I'll be out there from 6 to 8 on the 22nd at the Canton Cultural Center. For Rhythm and Brews, we'll get you hooked up with a pair of tickets here shortly. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need for that. Yeah, I've done that the last two years. I loved it. It's good stuff, dude. It's food and beer. That's right. like right up your boy's alley. Good cause, too. Arca yeah. Stark is definitely something that's worth supporting. So, Right down the street from my house? I like it. That's an easy night. Hey, go tell people about beer. Deal. Done. Happy to do it. That's on the 22nd. We'll get you hooked up. So I posted about this yesterday, and it feels a little weird to do. Um, but I would like to thank everybody who listens to this program every morning because yesterday we reached our three-year anniversary together. Jeez. Yeah. Jeez. Three years yesterday. We started on the fourth uh, a few years back. <laughs> three years deep, and now all of a sudden both of us are thinking about, like, man, we start banging other people. Dude, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of you. That's not what I thought you were going to say. I don't know why I didn't think that that's what you were going to say. I should have known yeah, you should have. that that's what you were going to say. But we really do appreciate it, and uh, I, honestly, um, it's been there. There were moments in this three years where it was kind of touch and go. Not so much with us, but we, right. you know, uh, you know, the building and the, you know that kind of thing, and the, you know, the industry's doing what the industry's doing. So you know, we're always kind of like looking over our shoulder like that. But um, I, uh, I absolutely love it here, and I hope I can stay here another 10, 15 years and do this. I, I you know, what I mean, I absolutely love it here. Yes, I mean, I, I will second that, and I will. Uh, I, I guess I'll add to it. Um, in some ways, it feels like, dude, I can't believe it was you know three years ago. That feels like such a significant amount of time, and yet it still feels like it's twenty. Years. Right. On the other hand, it feels like it's been a decade of us doing this, and I guess that's for better or worse. I guess I want to read it. Yeah. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I mean. Canton has just been a great town to work in. And I know everybody, you know, from Canton and, and who's never left Canton is going to be like, dude, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. This place sucks. You're the worst. Or this place is the worst. You're the worst. We all hate it here. It's terrible. And it's like, dude, I'll be here for another 30 years if you have me. If they give me the option to, like, dude, you can ride out the rest of your career here. Happy to do it. Doing mornings on Rock 106.9, dude. Oh, I, God. I, 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 your can, lips to God's ears. I, I mean, how am I going to say no to that one? How am I going to back out of that one? There's, there's so many things I do appreciate about this town, about this job, about this show, and it's 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 it's, it's for as long as they're going to have me here. I I, ho- I hope to continue to be here. So I want to thank all uh, you know everybody who listens to the program and right. everybody who advertises with the program. Right. More important, not well, I shouldn't yeah. say that, but you know, equally as you know as important there is the people who advertise on it. Speaking of which, starting tomorrow, yeah. We have a new uh, we have a new client jumping on board with the program starting tomorrow. I'm actually going out there for a meeting today at one o'clock. I cannot wait to tell you who it is. It's food related. Yeah, I was gonna say it's food related, and your boy it cannot wait. I'm so very excited. By, not- by meeting, he means binge eating. <laughs> like that's that's exactly what he means. I uh, yeah, I'm actually going to a tasting today at one o'clock. Right. And uh, we will start. Uh, we will start advertising. Uh, they will start advertising with the program starting tomorrow morning. And I'm very excited. I'll just, you know what? Uh, let's let the cat on the bag. There we go. It is. Uh, it's the Crush House at Gervasi. Jeez, Stansberry yes. takes a chick there once, and all of a sudden they're like, "Dude, we got to get on board. <laughs> we got to get a piece of that." <laughs> yeah, dude. Apparently, my Instagram account's popular. Hey, man. I mean, dude, it is. At Stansberry shows the. 
The show's popular, and I, um, you know, I'm not saying that to like pat myself on the back or even really pat you on the back, but like the show is popular, and I've been blown away. When we first came on the air, uh, there was a lot of momentum. There was a lot of like, "Hey, dude, glad you know, glad glad you're, you guys are here." Um, but we've just continued to grow, and right. like it's just been more and more and more. And you know, yesterday you posted this, just up. making my boss look like a genius, <laughs> right? Just and, making him look smart. Dude, we got to tip our hat to him, right? Yeah, honestly, I was in my underwear, right. like eating cereal on the couch, and he called me out of the blue. He was like, "Yo, man, come down here and do this." I was like, "All right, yeah, okay. let's do that. Yeah, All let's right. do that. Yeah, let's do that." Um, there's there's two things I noticed yesterday, kind of on the Facebook post that you put up on your wall. Um, a lot of people were like, "Hey." Uh, and these are the two kind of fans that will always mean something to me. Um, there was a lot of people who were like, "Chicks, man." <laughs> a lot Chicks. of people, a lot of people were like, "Hey, I was a big Bob and Tom fan when you guys came on. I did not like you. I did not want to be a part of it. I did not want you to be here." Oh, the converted. And now they. Oh, converted. I love the converted, and, and dude. That's huge. If you, I love the if converted. If you were a Bob and Tom guy, and we've ma- made you become a Stansberry Show guy, that's just a giant compliment to us. That's just such a big like. Yeah, our boss likes that one. Such a big accomplishment. Yeah. I mean, dude, that's one of the greatest radio shows in the history of radio. I can say that without, like, you know... Having interviewed with them for right. a position, yeah, I will, I, I, I'll I, be honest, that kind of bummed me out when I didn't get that gig. And the second fan that really means something to me personally is, um, I saw it uh, more than anything yesterday was that, like, yo, Stansberry used to listen to you at MMS, followed you over to NCX, followed you over to that stupid radio station that plays Spanish music now, whatever that was, 88.7 La Ocha, or whatever it was. Oh, Santana. Um, oh, the time and they'll say this is the best show you've been a part of yeah so for so for someone to have been such a big maxwell show fan for someone who was so invested into it knew all the catchphrases and had the stickers and talked all you know all, all that for them to come over to this show and to appreciate it for what it is and not be like oh dude you guys suck it's not maxwell where's chunk it's not maxwell Honestly, I, I was it's worried about that me. like the first six months i was worried about that i i, I really was because i was like oh my god you you give people a reason to complain right. and they'll complain right right um, but now, if if I'm going to take a step back and really look at it, is you know why I think that happens? Why is that? Because I think honestly, I learned a. I'm about to pat myself on the back here, there guys. <laughs> but I feel like I learned a great lesson by. Dude, Maxwell was a great teacher. He taught me what to do, and also more importantly, what not to do. And so I think what I have done is taken the best part of that program, tried to instill that same spirit into this, but. Learn from his shortcomings and not have those. I have my own. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But like he like, all right, when I'm mad at the radio station, I'll spend three minutes bitching about it. He'd spend three days bitching about it. And so I think what people are are seeing now is, is we get the best of what that show was, but we don't get maybe the thing that maybe made us nuts about it. And dude, we're both really good at what we do. Just like back in the day, he and I were both really good at what we did. I said that yesterday. He got incredibly lucky to get me. In the same fashion, I got incredibly lucky to get you. Thanks, I mean, it's just the way it is. I mean, dude, nobody does this alone. I don't care what anybody says. Nobody, dude, nobody, anything that's great, and I'm, I don't know if we can call this great, but anything that's good and on its way to great, <laughs> is, you know what I mean? Anything it's, that's okay. It's very rarely did one person do that you know what i mean it's a lot of things like it's even to the amount of people that that do things behind the scenes that you've never heard of in this building that help make this thing be as good as it is i mean dude, it, it you know it's always a team effort it's never about you or one person this and that you know it's you know it's a tandem thing so 
I uh, I just was happy. I, I feel like you know uh, you know the industry scares me, but this show doesn't. You know what I mean? Like I've been working yeah. on things where I'm like ah, I don't know this probably ain't gonna be the thing. I feel like this is great. I worry more about the industry than I do this program. I just wanted to say thank you, Canton. We absolutely love it here. Thank you. Looking to stay here another twenty years. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you by getting you hooked up with these rhythm and bruise tickets going down the Canton Cultural Center to benefit the Ark of Stark. That happens on the twenty second. I'll be out there from six to eight, and you get your tickets right now. We'll take caller. 15-1-800-243-7625. And a guy was mowing his lawn, and now he's famous. We'll give you that story next on The Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. 7.30. We'll tell you about a uh, a local Canton cop who was being accused of doing his job wrong, turns out. Did it pretty, did it pretty well there. We'll get you clued in 7.30. Also talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We'll do that at 8. And we'll take care of your emotional health, 8.30. And Bill Maher might have got himself fired, 9 o'clock. Did he? Maybe we'll do that. Hadn't heard. I'll, uh... Yeah, I can't wait to weigh in on that. I I just can't wait to weigh in on that. 9 o'clock is when we'll do it. This, though, a guy in Alberta, Canada, is now famous for mowing his lawn because apparently there was a tornado in the backyard. Now I'm looking at the photo. Yeah. And, you know, I think it was more his response... You know, people are like, I can't believe you were mowing the lawn. He says, well, I was keeping an eye on it. I've seen the photo, too, and I just don't understand. Like, dude, why don't you go in the house? Like- well, the, the wife says, you know, we took one still photo. We posted it, and people are losing their minds. She said, if you looked up and down our street, everybody was in their backyards taking photos of these things because apparently it was moving the opposite direction of them. Uh- so if it's moving in the opposite direction of you... Still, dude, if I have visual on a tornado... Have you never had visual? I've seen them, like, develop. I've never seen, like, an actual, like, twister touching down. So, like, no, I, I would be in my house. I'm telling you right now, I'm not I'm not staying, oh, I'll take a picture of this. No, your boy's inside. I think I probably die, selfie, tornado. I could see it happening. I was once... <laughs> yeah, no, I'm that guy. I, I was once in a car... Yeah. And uh, we were driving. I forget where we were. I was young. I was with my dad and my mom, and we were like in a rural part of somewhere. And we could see one across the field, but we weren't close enough to it to be in danger. But you could see it moving. They are um, the literal definition of the word awesome. Like you are just kind of looking at it like in awe, like, oh my God, that's nature doing things. Like I always say this to Fantone about places where I want to go for vacation when we're talking about that kind of stuff. The earth and the planet and like mother, it's the only thing that can still like wow you. You know what I mean? And, uh, I, not that I have the balls to be a storm chaser. Oh, Jesus, no. Like, you could never do that, right? Just load yourself down in a Silverado, even strike one, and like, just throw Helen Hunt in the sidecar, and I'm like, and then, all right, come on, we're going. And then chase down twisters. No, I mean, I'm not in particularly like afraid of weather or afraid of storms or anything like that or natural disasters, but it just seems like a terrible idea to me. I mean, just the general fear of death alone is enough for me to say, no, your boy doesn't need to be a storm chaser. Yeah, I uh, no, I, I I I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if that's uh, you know uh, the way for me to make a living. It's pretty much this or nothing. Nothing, right? <laughs> nothing, absolutely not. There have uh, th- there were a few events that took place over the world that has everybody on pins and needles right now. We'll wade through it together as a class. We'll do that next on the Sandsbury. One zero six nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock one zero six nine. We have a pair of 311 tickets for their show at the Hard Rock Roxino. We'll be passing those out at 9.30 this morning. That show. 
is uh, June 22nd. Summertime show right there. I need to double check with promotions on something. Sorry, that's just me thinking out loud. It's all right. We'll double check. It's not them. asking for a pair of 311 tickets. Well, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be happy to pass all those out. Make that one clear. Uh, no, I think, you know, just not totally my cup of tea. Actually, you know, I, I got into a... Uh, I got into an argument with somebody. I don't know why, but I got into an argument with somebody on Facebook the other day uh, about Bad Fish. Okay. Which is like that cover band that does like sublime stuff. Okay. And I was just like, oh my God. Somebody was like, you know, this is a cover band, right? And then I jumped in and I was like, yeah, you also know that they covered a band that wasn't any good, right? <laughs> Thinking next thing you know, all those tie dyes and Birkenstock people came after me. And I just, you know what I mean? And then I had to like log out. I was like, I can't, I can't take it. I can smell the patchouli from here. I'm out. Your boy's out. I'm not like a huge 311 dude. I'm not. I understand their appeal. I do too. Especially Get it. at like. Like I said, like summertime, like yeah, I get it. I mean, I get it. Yeah, I do. I, I like. I've seen 311. The shows are good. It's just not necessarily something I'm good. Like if I'm going to the gym, <laughs> it's probably not going to be on my on my playlist. But yeah. So I was working Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, I was at the Agora, and we uh, we had fostered the people in our building, and actually that went really well. I, you know, I know those are Ohio guys, and that that was more heavily attended than I thought it was going to be, to be honest with you. Yeah, I saw pictures of it on the uh, on the social media there, and it did seem like a lot of people foster the people as far as I know. They had that one song, pumped up kicks, and, and that, that was, was it, it, right? As far as I know. And I mean, not to get us off into a side tangent here, but like, how on earth was a song about a school shooting a hit? Like that just always boggled my mind. Like that song was written from right. the perspective of I'm shooting my classmates and somehow or another people were like, oh my God, pumped up kicks. It's so good. It just goes to show we don't care what things are about as long as they, they sound cool. Just make it sound cool. All right. And that song sounded cool. Right. So we had them in the building and one of the things that was happening and I wasn't able to like watch the TV or be on my phone as I'm, you know, serving, but my bar back walked behind me. He's like, Hell of an employee that stands very over there, not watching TV, <laughs> not on his phone at work. That's a good job, buddy. Oh, at the Agora, I'm employee of the month all the time. <laughs> I'm not, I'm never employee of the month at the radio station because for some reason, even though all I do is knock it out of the park here, they hate me. But like, yeah, so I'm never employee of the month here, but I'm always employee of the month there, buddy. Right. And so like I couldn't pay attention, but my bar back walked behind me and he was like, Hey, man, he's like, this is probably going to be a big deal for you on Monday. There were just a few attacks in London. And so I was like, oh, my God. So, like, I kind of knew what was going to happen. But as I'm reading from CNN now, they say they're expected, the police are, to name the man behind the Saturday night terror attack in which seven people were killed and 48 others happened to be injured. British Prime Minister uh, said that they have identified all three attackers and would release their names when the investigation then permits. They say 11 people had uh, been detained in a series of raids following the attack in which three people rammed a van into pedestrians on a London bridge and went on a stabbing spree in a near bar, uh, like area full of like bars and restaurants and that kind of thing. Very busy part of the town. Three men in Saturday's assault were shot by the police who they said were wearing suicide belts that turned out to be fakes. Now, we assume, I didn't actually like look up the definition of this, but I would imagine that what a suicide, Fantone actually told me, is like what? Like a belt of bombs is what you think it's going what to I be. I would assume it would be. Yeah, I just have never heard that particular yeah, term. Yeah, and a, a belt with explosive devices. Those in turned it. out to be, uh, you know, fakes there. So, you know, I saw this all weekend. You know, this is what we're fighting while everybody's telling us we need to be worried about climate change. And I get that that's like, you know, where people are going to go. But I, I will say that I don't find these to be exclusive 
problem. Like, right. the, the, I can have. I'm a human. Be- I'm a grown up. I can have more than one problem. Right. I mean, you can walk and chew gum at the same time, and like, right. yeah, you, you, you can. So I didn't understand that. Obviously, the world can have multiple problems, and I mean, I think at that point, you, what you're really doing is taking a point. My side's right. Your side's wrong. Right. You were taking a point that somebody on the other side was trying to make in the sense of, I, I, I don't think they mean like, hey, global warming in the, you know, melting ice caps are going are more dangerous than than ISIS bombers. I think the point that they were trying to make there. What Bernie Sanders was trying to say is that you know we're, we're looking at what's causing the disease versus just fighting the disease, and desperation is what causes terrorism. The lack of hope, the lack of any sort of positive you know ability in your life there to make any positive change. And I think he was trying to make the point that global warming will continue to to isolate people and continue to to make desperate situations even worse. Uh, this is the third terror attack on British soil in three months, and it's the second in London involving the use of a vehicle as a weapon um the police said there will be increased physical measures on london's bridges to keep the public safe you know what i all right how do i say that? you know what i thought of when i'm when i'm reading this you know what i think of is that all we ever hear is how the world hates americans right the world hates america right and yet this stuff seems to happen there well you know what i mean uh, and not so much the, or I, is often here. I, I think they're the, you know part of the reason why is a lot of stuff happens in the UK. Number one, because it's a a it's it's as close to the USA as you can get over there. Right. You know what I mean? Like a close associate, a close partner of. Yeah, and, it feels and, like a stepsister, right? And it's closer, like physically, have sex with those physically, <laughs> geographically closer. So, like, I understand why that's going to be more of an issue. All those European countries, when you're so close to the Middle East in proximity, of right. course, that's going to be an easier thing to do. You don't even have to get on a plane. Plus, you know what I mean? I, I would imagine, and this is pure speculation. But I would imagine terrorists realize that the UK is one of those things where if you do stuff there, it does make America stand up and pay attention. Like, there are other countries you could do things in and America won't care. Like, where the right. American public will be like, you know what, I don't care about that. Which, but you do it in London, and now all of a sudden America goes, oh, that could be us. I mean, you know, what was it how many people died in this? Seven? I uh, believe it was 11. 11? Okay, so so you got 11 people dead. Great tragedy, terrible, awful. Yeah. I mean, earlier in the week, dude, in Afghanistan, uh, 90 civilians were killed in, right. in, Kabul, in Kabul. So, like, for, for that to happen, and we're Nobody all just like, eh, whatever, right. 90 people died. Right. Nine times the amount of people that died in London. But because London is comparable to America... And let's be real. London's they look like white, us. right? London's white. They look That's like us. why it's like, oh my god, dude, this could be us. So yeah, I mean that that definitely plays it. It just it. shakes you. You know what I mean? But when I saw people like turning this into like a fight, like look, I want both things addressed. I want terrorism addressed, and I want climate change addressed. Why does that make me insane? Why does that make me like like a sissy? Like why? Yeah, why does it make me that? I'm not saying fo- take all the focus away from terror and put it all on climate change. I'm saying no. There are smart people working at different departments that can look at both things at the same exact time. And what I want is leadership who understands that and puts the right people in places to be doing things. That way they can do, you know, you triage and go, okay, well, let's look at this, look at this, look at this. Why is that crazy? Um, speaking of leadership, I know a lot of people, you know, on the opposite side of that coin had issue with what President Trump tweeted out about, you know, number one, well, it's not a gun issue over there because they use trucks and knives. Right. And I, I guess. Are we asking for car control? Well, but I guess what the point is there, though, is how much worse would it have been if those terrorists had guns? 
instead of going on a stabbing spree after they crashed those cars, if they would have went on a shooting spree, how much worse would it have been? The media frenzy would be a little bit more even, I think, than it is right now, I think. So, I mean, you probably have more dead bodies at that point. Yeah. You're kind of, I feel like, not making the best point there of like, well, they didn't have guns, and it's like, well, yeah, because that would have been worse. Um, a lot of people criticizing British police as well. I guess it took eight minutes from when the first call came in for those guys to be dead, so I'm not going to complain too much about... about is that... I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't have the math on like typical response times how long these things take i'm sure somebody's got the analytics of it somewhere but eight minutes i mean how long is it taking to you know to bring school shooters down you know what i mean right like, so uh, it doesn't seem crazy to no, me. no doesn't seem crazy to me at all oh, okay I, I i hadn't seen that people are are, are raising questions about yeah, that people are raising questions about everything <laughs> it's 2017 <laughs> i've got questions i need answers i know it just i knew as soon as i heard like i said i was you know i was serving and my buddy because you know brian's my bar back and he listens right. to the show a lot and so he said to me he's like hey man i know what Monday's going to be about and when he told me i was like uh, I just knew. I knew. I was like, okay, well, now what this will be is this will be Twitter arguing with one another about whether or not clouds or terrorists are worse. A, a, a big, you know, a spike in um, terrorism in the UK. Um, you bring up the point of, well, I think a lot of Americans can see ourselves in the UK. Yeah, it looks like a mirror. Do you, as as an American, and I, I guess I'll have you speak for the American public as yeah, a whole. Yeah, I like it. Well, do you feel like, oh man, we better be on our guard even more today than we were yesterday or two days ago? I, I'm sorry. The way you pose that question is strange for me because what I want is for us to always be on our guard. Okay. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, that's yeah. that's what I want. I want us always focused on the safety of all of us, on all Americans, on all honestly on all human beings. I'd like to be able to, you know what I mean, be like, you know what? Wake up today, everything's going to be okay. So I want us always on guard. But there but the world's problems are not exclusive. It's not like, well, this one's more important, so we're only going to focus on that problem. No, you put smart people in place, you triage, and then you figure it out. But both problems need to be addressed at the same exact time. We do have a piece of technology that has saved uh, a local cop's reputation. We'll get into that next on the Stansbury Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 1069. Online for you, WRQK.com. Coming up at 9.30, we got tickets to seat 311. That show going on at the Hard Rock Roxino, Northfield Park there. Also, another pair of tickets for Rhythm and Brews, June 22nd, Canton Cultural Center. I'll be out there from 6 to 8. We'll pass those out in a little while, too. Talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com at 8 o'clock. Get his take on the Cavaliers. What's going on with that? See if his uh, confidence is shaking any in their ability to win. Is your confidence shaking any? Um, you know, obviously I'd be lying to be like, oh, dude, the kids—that's yeah, probably them, good. They got them exactly where they want them. I will always stand true to on any given night. LeBron James's team always has the possibility to win that basketball game, so I feel good about that. I would agree. Um, and I mean, but yeah, I mean, the confidence is shaking. I can't deny it. Hearing a lot of people call for Paul George, that that's the move they want to see. Be interesting. So we'll talk to Scott at 8 o'clock. I had once upon a time, and I was wrong about it, was staunchly against body cams for cops. I felt like what would happen is we would start to see like little bits of these come out and that that job is really not black and white, that a lot of it operates in the gray area of life. You know what I mean? And it was actually a, a friend of mine who is a cop 
who heard the show who turned me around, who said, look, I totally get where you're coming from. And I get that you're, you're trying to get my back here right. and saying that, that, you know, that our jobs are tough. He's like, I totally understand that. Right. See, but what I want you to understand is I'm a good cop and I'm not worried about what that body cam is going to show ever. And I was like, well, that's a pretty bold statement for the situations your job can put you in, right? I was like, okay, well, you, you never know. And I said, okay, but you know what? This is your life. You obviously know way more about it than I do. And we had like a two-hour conversation about it. And he kind of turned me around on body cams. Um, body cams, you know, the call for body cams really happened in a turbulent time in the country when, you know, Black Lives Matter kind of popped up yeah. and, and, and a lot of, you know, officer-involved shootings were happening. And somehow or another, the concept of like supporting body cams became, the narrative became, that you were anti-cop that like oh you just want to see cops fail that's not the case at all for me i want facts introduced that's what i want is i want things the picture to be as clear as humanly possible and obviously video documentation of an event is you know that's introducing fact into things yeah you know technology can help give you facts absolutely so i had been turned around on them okay Initially, they kind of made me nervous, but since we've started to do it more and more, I, I, you know, what I was worried about didn't happen. And I always say this, you can make, you can have an opinion on something, mm -hmm. but if the facts then change and they, they, they contradict what your feeling is, you have to move your opinion. Right, And I'm not so rigid that I'm going to be like, nope, that was my first opinion, so that's what I think, and that's all I'm ever going to think. So you move your opinion based on facts, not you, you change the facts to fit your opinion. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm old school, bitch. That's how I roll. That's how I okay, roll. I like that. I like that. Now, now, I bring this up because a Canton cop had been accused of not doing his job right. A guy went, I believe this was Facebook, and wrote, I, I believe at the Canton Police Department's Facebook page, yep, right? Yep. And wrote, watch out for Jones Jr., badge number 157. This is printed in the news, so I don't feel like I can't say that. Yeah, badge cool. number 157. He was a jerk to my wife and must have needed to make quota. She was driving and did not know her lights weren't on. He treated her like trash and was disrespectful. Watch out for this guy. Now, if that were true, that's alarming and we don't want that. Okay? But... We have body cams. And not only do we have video, which you can see at WRQK.com or on, or on Twitter, which I just tweeted it out, at Stansbury Show, but we also have the audio from said cam, so we're going to play that for you now. He's obviously Hi walking there. up to the car. Your driver's license on you. The reason I stopped you today is for your speed, and you also you don't have any headlights on. That's why somebody's haunting me. So, all right, uh, hold tight for one second. Register going to the car? Yeah, do you oh. need this? Yeah. So, so far, everything's good. Takes, takes her information, goes back to the cruiser like they do, where you're terrified you're about to get a ticket. Your heart's just beating like you have a dead hooker in the trunk. <laughs> like, oh my god. Don't search. Don't search. Huh? No, it's 55. So she was unsure what the speed limit was, 65 or 55, and that can be weird. I, I don't know. It's on 77 South right by Mercy right there, dude. Oh, and, yeah, and it does. It switches pretty much right there, right? And listen, I'm not blaming this cop or anyone else. That's BS, dude. Why do we change that down to 55? Leave the whole thing 65, dude. What a, what a crock right there. Not happy with that. Dude, I've been rallying against 55 as a speed limit since before Sammy Hagar did it. I, I Dude, that's too slow. Huh? It's not 65 right here. No, it's 55. 
Well, listen, what I'm going to do is instead of writing you a speeding ticket, I'm just going to hit you for the headlights. Okay. Because it's an equipment violation, so it doesn't cost as much. So just make sure you remember to turn them on. All right? Let my daughter turn them on. What's that? <laughs> What'd she say? She have a two-year-old? Uh, yeah. Report date okay. set for the 8th at 9 o'clock in the morning. Came in this report. Your appearance is not required. Okay, but if you want to, you can. Saying, um, basically, you can pay this over hey, the phone. Call this number right here on the back. We'll tell you how much it is and how you pay it, okay? All right, any questions at all? All right, just turn those off for me. You have a good night, all right? So, I don't... So, what <laughs> happened here? Was was the guy... Did the wife go home and, like, and like, like take out her day on the husband? And then, like, made it about the cop ruining her night, and that's why she was being mean to him, and that's why he went online? Because if you were sitting in the car, which I don't believe he was, and you saw that interaction, that's not somebody mistreating your wife at all. As a matter of fact, he let her off. He could have wrote her the speeding ticket, and he chose not to do it. Treated her with respect, you know, was polite to her. Explained everything properly. Right, and I mean, you know, obviously manners are a nice thing, but, like, you're not owed manners in life. If that cop would have been a straight dick to her and been like, hey, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, that's still not abusive. You can be, like, stern. Right, you can be be short with somebody, and and that's not abusive at all. So, I don't know if this was if this was this guy just assuming things, or did, you know, did she I think she went home and riled him she came. She came home with the tickets, and he's like, "I cannot believe that you know you just cost us a hundred dollars. We don't have a hundred dollars to rub together. Now we got to pay this to the court." And she was probably like, "Oh my god, I don't want to get him more pissed. I'm going to say this cop was a dick." You know what I mean? I think that's what it was. I really do. I, I think it, this was look, her looking to like shift the blame of everything and do this. Here's what I'm going to tell you: There's evidence now, guys. If you're going to lie, which by the way. I mean, if you're going to lie about somebody, you're going to make it the police department? Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Like, dude, this town's small. I'm not saying there's gonna, they're going to exact revenge, but I wouldn't I wouldn't tempt fate. No matter where you are, there's a camera on you. Now more so than ever, the cop has a camera on them. So if you think you're going to get away with something, come on. Come on. Yeah, if anything, listening to the audio, I, I feel like the cop did a great job. It, this is the second time in a month, by the way, we've been able to pat cat and cops on their back for doing the right job, for, for, for handling a situation properly that went public, and they nailed it. Both times they nailed it. So, Can PD, shout out to you from uh, the Sansbury Show. Out. We love you. We do have 311 tickets, 930, you'll get those. And more Sansbury Show headed your way next. Hang on. 1069. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. Rock 1069. Win your way into the 311 show. We'll do that at 930 this morning. We're playing the Hard Rock Roxino. We'll later in June. We'll get you hooked up. Hard Rock Roxino, dude. Just bringing in acts all the time. Constantly. Doing good stuff. Having the best buffet in Northeast Ohio. Getting things done. Yeah, 311's not my favorite band, but that's a big band to get. Like, you know what I mean? Like, people love them. Dude, and it's a big buffet to get, too. Just hey, Stansbury going ham in that thing, dude. I am a big fan of that. I have I have tore through that thing more than once. I enjoyed it. It was good. Delicious. So 9.30, we'll get you hooked up with those tickets. Also at 8, talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get his take on Cavaliers and get ready to hear the names Paul George and Jimmy Butler a lot. Just I'm just telling you, I, I, I'm with Fantone. I don't think we move Kevin Love. I'm not even sure it would be a good idea to move Kevin Love. But I know what the dialogue will be the entire offseason. Yeah, and it will be moved, Kevin Love. I think more than a trade scenario, I think bringing a free agent in is what you're going to have to do because, yeah, you can say we're going to replace Kevin Love with Paul George, but you still only have three superstars at that point, and you need four apparently now. 
I'd go with five. Which I mean, is, the Warriors are damn good. Well, dude, the Warriors are thinking about adding Anthony Davis in the offseason. <laughs> There's a possibility they're going to do that. But, I mean, like, and it goes back to my point I made earlier this morning of, dude, have a salary cap. Just let these let these owners pay whatever the hell they want. If a guy wants to come here and play and you want to pay him money, why, why are we stopping that? I can't argue that. But what if Dan Gilbert just looks back at LeBron and says, no, bro, I've done it. I, I've spent the money. I'm 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 paying no. Tristan Thompson all this money. I'm paying J.R. Smith all this money. I'm paying Kevin Love all this money. I'm paying you and Kyrie all this money. Dude, I'm done spending money, buddy. I like, mean, I mean, what if that's the case? At that point, you're getting into poor ownership, and when that when we cross that bridge, we'll cross that bridge. But you're getting into Dolan territory there. See, of like, well, I, you don't want to spend money. That's why you never win. See, somebody asked me over the weekend. They said, "What if this happens again?" Where LeBron James and Dan Gilbert go head to head over money, over spending, over amending this roster to try to take down the Warriors. Now this is all in uh, under the guise they lose the title. I'm not even sure. I'm not counting the Cavs out this year. But they, you know, under the guise they lose the title, LeBron says, "Okay, man, we're obviously going to have to reshape this roster. We're going to have to add some, you know, some pieces." And Dan Gilbert says, "You know what, buddy? No, I'm not giving you the money." Is that maybe the scenario where LeBron packs his bags and is like, "You know what? I'm out." I mean, sure, yeah. I, I can totally see that being, you know, at least a a a, a you know a, a dividing that. factor between those two forces. Um, but the Cavs have been able to turn, you know, uh, what what was a roster which had no flexibility, no real trade assets, into a much better team. So the Cavs are capable of doing it. People want to come play with LeBron. People know Paul George and everybody else in the NBA knows right now that you've only got really one of two teams that you can you can attach to and try to win a championship with. So, I mean, if, if, if your goal is going to be winning, I don't know where else you think you're going to go. I don't know where else these guys think they're going to do. So, like, I don't know. David Griffin has, made, David Griffin has made magic happen. Well, you're going to go beat the Warriors with the Clippers. I, uh, dude, Paul I, George added to the Clippers is going to beat the Warriors. I'm I don't just, think so. I don't think so either. So I'm, like, just, I'm just giving you names I know people are going to say. I mean, and, and, got a house in L.A. Well, I mean, <laughs> of course he does because he's right, one of the richest. Yeah, he's one of the richest dudes on the planet. Well, you know what? We'll ask Scott all those questions. Eight o'clock. Scott on loan from waitingfornextyear.com. So I read this headline. Fantone sent me this email, and I think honestly, buddy, I again, I feel like this is you just being a dick. Okay, I, I do. I think this is Pantone going. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? I've, I, I can I can sense the frustration coming off of Stansbury. This is sex related. Okay. So let me send him this. Okay. And it's we'll be having sex with robots. In the next ten years, so f you for thinking that I'm gonna have to bang a robot, Dick. I, dude, I'm enough. I'm just, I don't, yeah, I don't like it. And here's what I'll say: as a guy who bets, I'll take the under on ten years for it to be commonplace for us to have sex with robots. I will take the under for sure. You gotta remember, man. I like, I'm old enough to remember when you were insane to date online. Like where you were like the, where you were the freak of the week if you were dating online. And now what do we all do? Get in the DMs, bro. Get in the DMs and get laid. That's why we all get laid now. As a matter, yeah, you know what? Just we'll pause right there. Well, I mean, twenty years ago, you know, you would never get into the car with a stranger. Now it's like, oh no, I've got something on my phone that Uber. lets me get in the car with with the stranger. That's a fair point. Yeah, that's I mean, a fair point. Obviously, the tides are turning when it comes to stuff like it that. It wasn't even that long ago. I remember we did a, a story on the air about a brothel. I believe it was Spain that was going to open up a prostitution house where you would sleep with, like, sex dolls. And I remember asking then the question about, you know, maintenance and cleansing and that kind of thing. You know, I don't, I don't know how that 
I don't know how that works. When back when Archer was good, Archer had like a cyborg girlfriend, yeah. and she could. Which, rem- by the way, this new season's awful. I have not watched it because I've heard nothing but terrible. Oh no, it's awful. Bad. Okay, but she could remove her genitalia to wash it out in to, the sink. To I would. It. I would assume that you could probably do the same thing with these sex robots too. I think the problem I'm going to have having sex with a robot now, because here's what's going to happen: they're expensive. They'll come down yeah. like out of the other piece of technology. The more people want it, the you know more people start to buy it. The cheaper it'll be made. The cheaper it'll come down in price, right? But my problem with sleeping with a robot is the same problem I'm going to have sleeping with a regular wo- with a regular woman, which is you're. And women get bored of us too. You just get bored of banging the same thing. Oh, like yeah. you just do. Yeah. Like I mean, I get that. And that's why love keeps you together in a relationship. It's not just sex. Right. That's why love and companionship and you know emotional you know compatibility and that whole thing plays into like you know marriages. From what I've heard on daytime talk shows, I don't know anything about any of that. But like, that's what I've heard. But like. Robots are going to be, you know what I mean, pretty expensive. Now, yes, I mean you're going to get sick of watching the now, same. Can I like take their like a Mr. Potato Head? Like, can I pop their heads off and like get new ones on? I'm sure there's going to be options where you can, you know, you can <sighs> move things around, but new ones in. exactly. And, and 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 you know, 25 years ago, you probably got sick of J and O to the same porno that you own. So you could either a go to the store and go get a new one, b use your imagination, or c wait a couple years and streaming porn became a thing. Therefore, we had all the porn available to us in the world. Now, year one of like, yo, robot sex, it's probably, like you said, only going to be extremely rich people who have the, have the capabilities to do it. Technology is not going to be all that great. But, dude, technology it grows at a very fast pace there. And if people are demanding it, which they are going to do, it's going to get good. I mean, VCR sucked for a long time. But now it's like Blu-ray players, and you're like, damn, dude, this works perfect. There's no issues here. So within 25 years, within 10 years, are a lot of people doing this? Sure. Within 25 years, dude, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be probably be fantastic. And, like, yeah, you can get sick of it but the good thing is with your robot as opposed to your girlfriend well right you can go cheat on your robot and nobody's gonna care you can either bang another robot you can go bang a real person where if you do that to your wife there's gonna be some issues i'll tell you why women should embrace sex robots totally should you should totally embrace sex robots a you're gonna get better sex out of men because what dude sex is like anything else the more you do it the better you get at it you know what I mean? And if you give guys, honestly, something to practice on. Right. Instead of just masturbating. Instead, of, You right. know what I mean? You can. I would imagine they will help you build stamina. They'll help you build, like, you know, a, a, your confidence and all that stuff, which leads to great sex. Banging a robot leads to confidence. I don't you know. Don't think- Did you bang that robot out and you look down at yourself? You're like, God, I hate me. God, I hate me. Um, I would say more than that. A lot of shame comes from that glow of the <laughs> laptop, too, bro. Like, that's not, I mean, that's not great. I, I would say, well, and I don't think masturbation necessarily, especially the pornography, is, 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 a, is a crash course on how to have good sex. You know what I mean? I think an instructional doll, I think it helps some dudes. I think more than anything, women should embrace this. Um, well, number one, you'll have robots to bang, too. And there's chicks out there who are like, oh, yeah, dude, I would totally bang a robot. Um, number two. Which, by the way, you'd be allowed and we'll be freaks if we do it. Of course. Dude, of course. It's like any other sex toy, The double toy, standard dude. in sex toys for men and women is crazy. Um, I would say more than anything, though. We probably still come out ahead, I think, being a dude. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say if I'm going to play my cards, I want to be a guy. Yeah, I think I'm coming out ahead um, on that one. More than anything, I think this will save some relationships. You do? I think women yeah. are going to view it as cheating. 
Um, maybe initially, right out of the gate, you view it as cheating. Like my buddy's not even allowed to look at porn. His wife will like, dude, like she like gets mad. Like masturbation is cheating well, in his house. Well, then, then your buddy's wife has something kind of wrong with her there. I, yeah, that's I think one hundred percent. I think it's her. sticking ass is what is, is what they call it. So, like, I mean, if you can have a sex robot and you can kind of get some of that lust out of you, you can kind of like tame the blood a little bit with that. You can feel like you're doing something strange without having to go out there and actually bang a, another woman. It would also help couples, I think, who maybe want to think about having a threesome, yeah. but yet involving another full human being, Spice your friend. Probably not the best idea ever, but Terrible now, you, idea. now you get Susie the sex doll going. I don't know why I named it after my mother. Let's not examine it. <laughs> Let's not examine that. Ugh, what an awful door that was. <laughs> get me out of this icky room. We'll talk to Scott from winning. You know what? Wait. Before we get to Scott, I gotta ask fans on this. Rudy tweets in. Right. Here's how you fix the calves. Okay. Ready? Fix the calves. Trade Chump, Williams, Love, draft pick, and money for Westbrook. So you're going to have Russell Westbrook and Kyrie Irving on the same team? Uh, you got you to look at how they fit into the equation. I get Westbrook's the a freak, but he won't pass the ball. That's why Kevin Durant is in Golden State, because Westbrook wouldn't pass the ball. Uh, you got you, you to look at how players fit into the equation. It'd be awesome just to start naming off superstars and be like, oh, Free dude, that'd be perfect. Right. Oh, dude, that, that's exactly what the Cavs need. Um, and I don't know on what planet... Oklahoma City's like, yeah, you know what? That's that's the deal we want. I don't I don't feel like that's yeah. They, I I, I think their fan base yeah. I think their fan base would would erupt violently if they moved that guy out of there. We'll ask Scott about that. Scott's on loan from winningfornextyear.com. He'll be on the Stansbury Show next. Ah, one zero six nine. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Rock one zero six nine. Get choked up with three eleven tickets. We'll do so nine thirty this morning. On loan from winningfornextyear.com is their editor-in-chief. Scott, my man, how are you? Doing all right. Uh, you know, I, I, I saw Santone this morning you know, talking about Cleveland fans. I'm definitely not in the boat of those who are, you know, abandoning ship here, but I, I could be better. Yeah, I could definitely be better. I mean, I'd rather be up 2-0 than down 0-2. I mean, yeah, I don't think anybody's going to be denying that. Right, and I mean, what I mean by that tweet, and uh, for the people who didn't or who aren't following me on Twitter, number one, what the hell's wrong with you, at Fantone, number two, um, what I mean by that, and I said, you know, what the first two games have proven to me is how soft Cleveland sports fans are, and I don't mean that you shouldn't be concerned at this point, like, of course, man, I'm 100% concerned about the Cavaliers losing this, 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 you know, this series. What I mean by that is, you know, Cleveland has been through a lot in the sports world. Dude, I think it's fair to say that. And you would think going through all these trials and tribulations and going 50, however many, five decades plus of no championship, you think we'd be a little bit more battle tested, a little bit more weathered, a little bit more tough. And it's like you have Cavs fans out there who are like, oh, dude, it's all terrible. They all suck. LeBron's the worst on the face of the planet. And I just don't get that. It's part of this thing. Sorry to jump in here, Scott, but it's part of this thing. In the world where we no longer have appreciation for anything. Like the moment we're not completely satisfied, sucks, it's over, it's the worst thing ever. Where it's like, guys, LeBron James and company gave you a championship last year and you're in the championship series again this year. If that's not good enough for you, then you're a douchebag that cannot be satisfied, right? No, yeah, no, I, well, I, I'm sure I'll pile on the douchebag thing, but the I nice. completely agree with the with the appreciation and the stuff you mentioned because I mean we talked about it a little bit throughout the regular season when they weren't winning by enough or they or they might have dropped a game here and they there and like people were freaking out. I mean, yeah, it's everybody. 
is looking for the first sign to you know jump off the ship, which I think is a very weird to do, you know, given you know three straight NBA Finals appearances. I mean, what more do you and, want? And uh, you know, and I was I was I was talking to a neighbor uh, the other day, and you know, we were talking about the site and covering games and things, and. You know, I, you know, and, and she said, are you looking forward to covering game three, even if they're down 0-2? And I'm like, yeah, it's an NBA Finals game. There are people in the, in the media who have never covered an NBA Finals game right. because it hasn't been in their, in their city. And this will be like my 10th. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it, which is, which is incredible just by itself. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, but I, I realize that not everybody, you know, has the, you know, nostalgia and everything that, you know, that I kind of take things with, but, we got to appreciate this stuff because it's very short-lived and there are 28 other teams that would love to be in our position right now. I would also say on a broader scale, we better start to appreciate this because when LeBron James and Kevin Durant and Steph Curry leave the NBA, what do we have? This next crop of guys doesn't seem like they're as good. Now, they may get there. Ball. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> nice, nice. See, that's why that that's why you run waitingfornextyear.com and I play Godsman. That's exactly we we found out why everybody's got the job they have right there, buddy. Now I know, like I don't think a sweep is going to happen, Scott. I really don't. But if it does, you know what we're going to spend the offseason talking about. It's going to be Jimmy Butler. It's going to be Paul George, or is LeBron James leaving the Cavaliers? Which one of those three scenarios is the most likely? Uh, well, I hope it's one and two, um, because the, the where's LeBron going to go that would that would give him a better chance right now to to win a title? The Cavs beat the you know otherwise you know the the Eastern Conference you know finals you know I guess losers I don't know, I don't know the runner up Boston Celtics by fifty points in a basketball game and could potentially be swept by the by the Warriors. This is this isn't a Cavaliers problem. The Cavaliers would beat every other team in the NBA Finals if they were playing right now, and they're they're just they're, they're not playing. They're playing the Golden State Warriors, and you could say, well, you know, what would have happened if Kawhi would have won or not gotten hurt, or what would have happened if James Harden wouldn't disappeared or whatever. I think we'd the, still be playing Golden State. We'd still be I playing do. Golden State. And and the the outcomes would still be the same, um, you know. And it's not the the the, the funny thing is going to be are the people who want to because people everybody loves Kyrie Irving, um, I do, yeah. and and I mean, for a good reason. And the first person that we always tend to go to, you know, we the royal we I don't is Kevin Love. We got got to move Kevin Love. He's a liability. He's playing. Easily the second best best basketball next to LeBron James on the Cavaliers, and this is not a Kevin Love problem. It's it's it is a running into Golden State, and even if you had Jimmy Butler or Paul George, I don't know how how much more competitive these games would be because of the the, the way that Golden State plays. Now I will say, you know, LeBron first half three and a half feet average shot distance in the first half, seventeen in the second. You know that's not good. You you're not going to win basketball games that way. But again, that's not a. It's not something that a trade is going to help. You almost need to hope that, you know, I don't know. KD, by all intentions, will probably resign. He's on a one-year deal. Probably resign. Says he's going to take less money to do it. So yeah, right. I mean, that sounds and, like he's saying I'm. And, it, I'm and, it, here. and that doesn't put anybody else's position better. I mean, you know how we talked about, you know, teams in the East potentially signing max players to try and topple the Cavs as, as being kind of a fool's errand because there's no one you can sign that would make you better. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, unfortunately, you know, save for a stroke of luck, you know, you know, Steve Kerr was, you know, kind of blowing some smoke up the Cavs that, you know, last night, but 
I just don't know what they would do if this if this team's they can't score one thirteen and lost by twenty. Right. I, I mean, mean I, you, I, you know, I don't I don't know what else you're going to do. If you score one hundred thirteen points, your team doesn't suck. Right, right. right. <laughs> Against the best defense in the NBA, right. arguably, right there. Um, you know, you bring up Kevin Durant and him, the, the 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 probability of him resigning next year, and the fact that he's going to resign from what we've heard for less money than what the max contract. Um, I read this tweet last night, and I'm interested to know what you think about it. Kevin Durant signing with the Golden State Warriors ruined the NBA. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, define ruined. I mean, it ruined it ruined the hopes of. You know, essentially, twenty-eight fans of twenty-eight other teams. I mean, I, Cavaliers can still are the only team who could potentially beat them right now, right? I mean, so I mean, there's still hope there. Um, if if your goal as an NBA fan every season is to, to to will your team to the NBA championship, you know, I think I think you you kind of need to reassess how you watch basketball to begin with. I mean, there's a lot of exciting teams worthy of watching. The Minnesota or the Milwaukee Bucks, the Minnesota Timberwolves. You know, a lot of these young upstart teams that are worthy of of everyone's attention. You know, Russell Westbrook on any night. I mean, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. But if the only goal is to is for your team to win the, the NBA NBA championship, or or it's worthless. Then yeah, I think I think it's it uh, it does kind of ruin things because they're that good. They're a seventy three one basketball team. They added one of the top five best players in the league to his roster. And I mean, so so I mean, when you when you just think about that in and by itself, yeah, I mean, there it's it does ruin, you know, the potential for the the Jazz or the Trailblazers or the Clippers or whomever to to potentially win a title. But I mean, I, I guess I'm a bit of a basketball purist in the way that I just enjoy watching, you know. High high class athletes play the game of basketball, so I'm I'm a little bit different. But I mean, so it, it, it I guess it kind of just, it's in the eye of the beholder. I guess is a, is a long way of saying it. I, I don't want to make it because fair isn't the right word here, but I, I want teams to have a fair shot. And I just feel like at this point, when you've got guys taking less money, and when you've got guys who are 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 coming together in this fashion of, hey, if I can't beat them, join them. I don't know. I think there's a little bit of it undercuts the, the I don't want to say integrity of the game, but it it, it it almost cheapens the product a little bit to me. Uh, you know, as an NBA fan for my entire life, it just feels like at this point, you know, as a Cavs fan, it's awesome. I'm glad that they have an opportunity to go out there and do it. But as an NBA fan, there's a little bit of me that's like, well, dude, is this what's best for the game? I know, it'll be interesting to see what the ratings are, and I know that's a that's a weird way to decide if things roof. are good or bad. Um, you know, I mean, it just, Britney Spears doesn't have one of the best albums in the world because she sold a bunch of copies. I mean, so it's it's one of those things where it, you know I, I don't know how they're we're going to judge what's good or what's bad. I mean, watching the this caliber of superstars on one floor is, to me is incredible. I mean, to, to see these guys, you know, having all these you know if you, if you list off NBA superstars just across the league. You know, you're going to throw a rock, and and one of them is bound to be on the floor right now. And I mean, to me, that's that that's really exciting to see all these guys. But to, to your point, Matt, it's you know, that they're, that they're not kind of spread across the league a little bit better makes it a little less compelling. You know, when you're when you're if you're looking for you know for drama and, and competition. That said, you know, I, I I like you said, Dan, I don't think the Cavs are going to get swept. They win Game Three, and then suddenly it's it's a series again. So I mean, I'm not. I'm not folding up shop here yet. I, I do think, you know, we need to see more out of Kyrie. I think we need J.R. Smith to do anything, um, you know, and I think there's a, there's a bunch of the other players on the Cavs who just need to 
to step up, and I do think that'll be a lot easier to do at home. Um, but will it be enough to close the gap? I don't know. Going back to this Durant thing, I was listening to uh, The Herd the other day, and Colin was making the point that he thinks that if LeBron James and the Cavs lose this series and lose dramatically, whether it be sweep five games maybe, that what it will do is it will actually stop player mobility. And that what guys are going to start to do is go, dude, if LeBron can't beat the Warriors, then what the hell am I leaving this team for? I can make more money with the team that signed me originally than I can by moving around. So let me just, I'll just stay put. If LeBron can't do it, I'm definitely not going to be able to do it. So then these towns are going to actually be able to keep their stars. I think, I think there's some merit to that, especially when it's players who aren't as good as they think they are. You know, like, like the Kyle Lowry's of the world. You know, right. I don't think Toronto's going to resign him to begin with, but, you know, he's not. He's not putting a team over the top. Do you know what I mean? And I think when you take when you keep those guys, you know, the Paul Millsaps, the you know, the Al Horfords, the, the guy you know, that uh, kind Utah. of that kind of third, fourth tier star, yeah. you know, all star but not, you know, you know, earth shattering, world beating kind of guys. You know, I, I do think that's where you might start to see less player mobility because the money is there. You know, I know I know Boston thinks they're signing Gordon Hayward this year. Um, you know, Gordon Hayward can make a lot more money if he stay, if he gets that fifty year offer in Utah. Um you know, so I, I, I would be wouldn't be surprised if he just takes that and, and, and kind of realizes the landscape of today, knowing that even if he goes to Boston, he's gonna make less money and then he'll what, get an extra round of playoff pay? I mean there's not you know, there's not there's not much else there outside of the, the bigger city Agreed. and then potentially brighter lights, you know. So it'll depend on what these guys want. But I know I I never thought of that, but I do think there's some merit to it. As uh, as you sit there, and let's put you in the hypothetical here. If if you're Scott Sargent, you know max player in the NBA. Um, to you, you know, and you see Kevin Durant go out there and take less money to go compete for a championship, and you see that possibility there. What do you think is more valuable to an individual player as as a guy who's looking at it from like, hey, this is my life? Kevin's an interesting circumstance because of the way that. You know, he was so close in 2012, uh, you know, getting the Thunder to the finals, and then, then the Heat showed up. And then, obviously, a, you know, a game from getting back there last year um, and having things kind of be derailed, and then the whole, you know, focus around, um, you know, Russell, and then the, the you know, then the, all the focus on, well, they should have never got rid of Harden, and there was a lot of, you know, retrospective, you know, what could have been. And I think, you know, he, he just got to a point where he, like, like we're talking now, realized that if he would have went to Boston or if he would have went to Washington to go back home, he wouldn't have won a title. And I think he, he did what he wanted to, you know, to do to secure that title. It's rare to have a player be a peak, you know, at his peak age, do something like that and take less money and go somewhere. I mean, we, you just don't see it very often when you're talking about max earning years. Be willing to take, you know, the the you know the haircut you know, at this point in their career. I I get it when it's Richard Jefferson right. or or Sean Marion or or the you know the litany of 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 you know veterans who at one you know when Carl Malone went to L.A. you know Gary right. Payton went to L.A. Those guys I get that. Are we? Uh, not- the the Durant thing is just very rare, and I don't I don't see one. I don't see a player of his caliber being willing to do that again, and two, I don't see a team that would be able to, you know, kind of take that on. I actually disagree a little bit here, Scott. I think what we will see, as I think Kevin Durant's a trailblazer. I really do. I think he's showing the, the, the younger athletes coming up behind him that there's a new way. And that I think that we don't understand this is generational wealth. 
You know what I mean? Like, dude, $100 million contract? I mean, I just think these guys, and especially like stars, like Kevin Durant makes enough money off the court that why wouldn't you sacrifice a little bit of salary to win championships? I, I mean, legacies is important to money once you make, once you're in your second contract in the NBA, right? I mean, dude, I mean, I'm not knocking the kid because he's local, but CJ McCollum made $100 million playing for the Trailblazers. Dude, if he walked down the street, I, I'm not even sure people would know who the kid is. But how hard is that $100 million? I mean, when you compare that to, let's say he takes $80 million to play for, somewhere else where he has a better shot at an opportunity and you don't win that championship and you walked away from 20 Okay, now that's a punch to the gut. You walk away yeah. from 20 million dollars. You don't have an infinite window to earn this money. I just feel like Cash I, in. really the, the the point that I've been making all morning with this is that dude, do it MLB style and let these owners buy their championships. If these guys are capable of making, you know, 25 million dollars a year and somebody wants to pay them, then goddamn it, let them pay them, dude. What do you think about that, Scott? I think one of the only things better than $100 million is $200 million. And, you know, when you, when you and like to Matt's point, I think if, if you do, I mean, these guys are going to get paid. They get paid so much elsewhere. Like LeBron, I, I'm, I'm pretty certain, um, I, I, you know, he, he makes more money with Nike than he does with the Cavs. And that's just, just with the way that the structure is. And I don't know. I just think if you did open up the floodgates and let these guys, you know, have, have open checkbooks and, and pay them, you know, based on, you know, what you think they're worth, you know, you do get the MLB style, you do get, you know, the Yankees, which I guess is great, you know, if you're the Yankees, but I, I don't know. I, I think if you talk about what's better for basketball, I think that, I think locking these guys to 10 year, you know, $300 million contracts could, could easily be, you know, much less exciting than, you know, the, the, the four or five year deals and the mobility that we have now. I don't know. I, I'd have to see what the, what the, you know, final product would look like, but I think that's, you know, just like we're having guys overspend for those third and fourth year players, like we're talking about, it'll only get worse, you know, later on if there, because there's, there's some schlub who would be like, well, LeBron's worth 40 million. I'm worth 35. And then he's got, you know, and then he's clearly not worth 35. And then an owner is going to give it to him and not have them, not really have the money to do it. And the income's not going to be there. They're not going to win. I don't know. It's, 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 it, it is, you know, it, the, the hard part is that's what this, Warriors team is forcing us to think about, right? Like reconstructing the way the league should be played. And I think that's just a testament to how dominant and, you know, they're going to be a 30 for 30 someday. And, you know, we're, we're getting to live, live through it right now. If LeBron gets swept in this finals, is the greatest of all time conversation over? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's not, it, LeBron's not losing. <laughs> the Cavs are losing. It's, you know what I mean? It's not, it's, I mean, he, he is losing the game, but it's not like, you, there's there's not one point in any of these games you can look at this series and be like, well, if LeBron would have done this, you know, the Cavs the Cavs would be in much better position. You know, this isn't that well, LeBron showing up. I mean, the guy is had his ace triple double. You know, they showed that stat last night, ace triple double in the NBA Finals. The you know Magic Johnson's tied with him. The next guy behind him is two. I mean, that that's wow. how good this this kid is at the game of basketball across the board. Steph Curry just had his first. Um, you know, there's so I, I, I just, I think we need to kind of pump the brakes on using these series as, as referendums on, on his career, because pick any team in, in basketball and put him on it. Are, is any other team beat? I mean, I guess if you put him, if you want to put LeBron on the Spurs, the healthy Spurs, or if you want to put, you know, LeBron maybe with Harden, I, I don't even know. I mean, I still think you'd have a really hard time even competing with this team. The Cavs are very good. They, 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 again, they throttled 
their competition. They went 12 and one in the in the Eastern Conference playoffs to get here. Dominated most of it. I mean, I know they had a couple close games against Indiana, but there's no game against Boston. Boston wasn't winning their entire that entire right. series at home. They did not have a lead at home as home court advantage in that entire series against the Cavaliers. And this isn't a Cavaliers problem. This isn't a LeBron problem. This it is, is just Golden how State good problem. the Golden State Warriors are. I got one more thing. I'm taking you way late, but I do have one more thing for you. As Clay Travis apparently had tweeted out during the game last night that Michael Jordan would have never created a fake story about a racial slur spray-painted on his house to excuse himself away from getting his ass kicked in the finals. That's I mean, a mental gymnastics right there, isn't it? That, I mean, that when I saw that, I couldn't even believe I was reading it. I was like, I can't even believe I'm... Dude, you're accusing this guy? I mean, you, with no basis for it. Now, I heard he had made similar you know, um, statements about another problem that happened in college football, and he ended up being right about that. But I don't think that that means you're going to be right about it a second time around, right? I mean, what a crazy thing to tweet. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you look at that guy's timeline, I mean, he's, you know, he, he's, he's trying to be up there with the... With the Baylesses and, and cowards and, and the you know those, those kind of hot takes spewers, but it's I mean he, he he's anti Ohio State. He's he's a lot of anti Ohio rhetoric. Yeah, that um, is true. But the the hard part is he's he's an attorney, so everything he says is like worded properly, and you know it's hard to you know he's he's not yelling like Skip or or, or those kind of guys are. So it's, right. it's you have to you do to your point have to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt sometimes, but that that's an insane thing to say. I thought um, it was crazy. I I saw I comments in TMZ when that original story came out, and I know we're up against it, but you know that said, oh, he probably did it himself because he wanted the attention. Oh like LeBron God. James needs the attention. You know, the, he's one of the top ten, probably most recognizable people in the world. You knew his and, name uh, in eighth grade. <laughs> eighth grade. And the, the last thing he wants heading into the NBA Finals is additional attention. So I don't, I don't know. I thought I, that that is that is an insane thing. And I don't know. He, he'll he'll just live to tweet another hot take where, like, if you or I said it, I think we, you know, we'd be we'd be skewered. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. Thank you so much for joining us, man. We'll talk to you again next time. Sounds good. See you. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You hang on. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Rock 106.9. We'll get you hooked up with 311 tickets. That will happen 930 on the program. 1-800-243-7625. The number you will need for those. So according to Maxim Magazine, they say that there's a study out that swearing is great for your emotional health. Okay. And I would imagine that letting out frustration like that probably is decent for you. But I'm going to chalk this up to if you stay up late and you swear secretly you're a genius, all that stuff that gets passed around on Facebook, (laughs) right? Geniuses are messy people. It's like, dude, that doesn't mean you're intelligent. It also just means that you throw rappers on the ground, too. (laughs) What it really means is that people who... That you should be working and not passing things around on Facebook. People whose paycheck depends on your web click know that if if I validate your short coming, you will click on this because oh, you're a swearer? Oh, well, dude, yeah, look how smart I am. Oh, you're a messy person? Oh, yeah, look how smart I am. Yeah, there's completely what that there is. W- you'll never go broke convincing other people that they're smarter than they think that they are. If you allow if you allow people to, to walk away going, I'm smarter than the yeah, average bear, yeah. there's going to be money in I'm that. a good person. I'm a smart person. Look at me. But as a person who swears a ton, and people ask me all the time, how do you not go on the radio and not make the mistake of swearing? 
it's you know the first year you're doing this that's a that's a legitimate question once you've made a career out of it you just know it's like well my livelihood's on the line i don't even know yeah. how it works my brain just goes into show mode and just knows not to do it it's a, how do you not swear in front of kids you know what i mean like i don't swear in front of my nieces and nephews because like i don't know there's just a filter kind of built in there but i know there's some dude, parents out there like dude i swear at my effing kids all the time yeah i hear it all the time yeah, in the stores yeah. i uh but you know as a guy who's been working on anger um i i like okay like the golf right yeah. like i have gone from the, a guy who would like <laughs> throw clubs and this and that now i'll still like scream like swear words through my teeth right but like i'm no longer like outwardly like you know what i mean like losing okay. my mind but like i do believe in like little uh, uh, you know bouts of like letting the pressure out that's good there's a fine line there i mean you go oh, on God, one yeah. you go on one side to one extreme or the other if you're the person who never vents then yes of course that's going to be unhealthy for you but at the same time if you're the person who blows up over everything that's equally unhealthy for you yeah, that is absolutely unhealthy for you. I, I you can't just like explode over everything. You know what I mean? You do got to kind of you know pick and choose your moments. But like I've noticed that with my game, where it's like I'm still getting angry, I'm still doing the thing, but I'm not. It's not like it's not like a volcano is exploding any longer. Yeah, which I, is good. I think at this point, kind of how I've played my cards, definitely better recently than I have in 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 the past parts of my life. Um, I've only got so much energy, and I don't mean that in the Donald Trump way of like, well, I'm a battery. And I can't renew my energy, but I've only got so much energy that I'm going to invest into things and so into much any time, one thing. right? And so much that I'm going to think about something or whatever. And I don't want to be like, well, I only think about positive things, but it's like frustration at times feels like a very worthless emotion to me where it's like, yeah, dude, you're frustrated. Okay. And now you've, you've expressed that, you right. know that, but what are you doing to fix it? If you're not planning on fixing it, you can throw a temper tantrum until you're blue in the face, but ain't nothing going to change. So it's like, yeah, you know, you, you have your moment of outburst, you have your, 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 your moment of upset. Or, or, you know, unconfidence with yourself or whatever it is that you're going through there. But if you're not going to change things, if you're not going to take that and make it something else, you're wasting your time. I also feel like a lot of people I know just swear just to do it because they feel like that's what you should do. Like people who abuse like there's again, I'm bad about swearing. But when I'm with somebody else who's like aggressively doing it, 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 it stands out to me where I'm always like, God, do we need that? Like there's certain words that I just. Uh, th that are, just seem far for me. Like the C word's a little far for me. I'm not crazy about that one. You know, the uh, counterpunch to that'll be stop being so PC, bro. Why are you so PC? Yeah, I mean, look, say whatever you want. I'm just saying, for me and my personal vocabulary, I would, I would rather not be doing that so much. I don't care what you do. I'm just saying, you know, for me, it's like they, there's certain things and certain terms and stuff like that. But again, I think this is just more in line with. We're just going to tell America that they're smarter than people are giving them credit for. And everybody will like, see, I'm emotionally healthy and my room's a mess, which means I'm a genius. You know, me and, you know, astrophysicists, we're pretty much on the same, same page, same thing, even yeah, though sure. I can't figure out that you ordered no tomatoes <laughs> on your burrito. But whatever, you know, I'm, 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 I'm super smart. I mean, it's just like this stuff that gets passed around now is absolutely crazy. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. If you head over to the Sansbury Show section, you can see a guy running away from the London terrorist attacks the other night. And he has his pint glass in his hand. Like, he's running down the street holding his beer. Like, bro, at that point, set the bar, set the beer on the bar and just run. 
that point, though, I mean, why even say hydrated? Down, you know what I mean? What's what's the what's the difference? It's not like somebody's going to stop you. Like the bouncer's going to be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you're keeping that in there. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Yeah, yeah, they probably let you out the door on that one. Probably. You can see that video online wrqk.com. I read this during the break, and it's just remarkable what people are able to do in moments of crisis and or tragedy. Okay. And the story coming out of Oklahoma where a man was holding a woman at knife point and was trying to drown uh, a set of three-month-old twins. Jesus, dude. Okay, he was trying to drown them in the bathtub, I believe. God. Holding the woman at knife point. Right? (sighs) What an afternoon. You know, I mean, any violence against children is always going to be despicable, but like a three-month-old Baby, like, you know what I'm saying? Like they're just so tiny and like innocent, and I, 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 yeah, I don't know what. Right. I, I don't even know how to fathom how somebody even right. thinks. Like, you know what I should do right now? I should hurt these kids. I don't. I can't even begin. And I, you know what? I'm thankful for that because that's what makes us decent. Right. You right. know what I mean? That's what makes you and I decent people. But the guy's trying then to drown a, a set of three month old twins, and there was another child in the house, all of twelve years old, young woman, and she runs out of the house and has the wherewithal to go to the neighbor's house to ask for help. Okay. So, you know, because obviously you can call 911 all you want, but if they don't get there and then, you know what I mean? So she goes over to the neighbor's house. It's like, hey, this is happening. Somebody now, come over here. Right, yeah. Right. So this guy runs out of the house, the neighbor, and goes in and then shoots this guy before he can drown these kids. God bless him. Like, right. Now, I'm sure he's waking up today going, oh my God, I just took somebody's life. But in the moment, like, dude, I got to be honest with you. Like, if, if my neighbor knocked on my door in the middle of the afternoon and said, hey, this is what's happening next door. I mean, dude, am I going to have the balls to do that? I don't know. I don't think I do. I don't. I mean, I guess you can never really judge what the human being is capable of, of, like, until you're in that moment. And I hope I never am in that moment. But, like, man, when I read that, I was just like, wow, man. Like, to pull that deep from inside of yourself to be able to do that is crazy. In that moment, too. I mean, like, yes, I'd like to think I'd like to think anybody would step up and do what they can. But it just takes a, a, a level of. Calmness, a level of braveness, a level of just like uh, just being mentally aware of what's going on and what you're doing. And like, all right, I'm grabbing my gun. We're going to the neighbor's house. And bam, I shot this dude. It, it, it's, it's remarkable. It is. To backpedal here just a little just shows you the complexity of domestic disturbance and domestic violence cases. Right. You know what I mean? As that guy, right. I'm sure it was a fight between he and the woman. And then he wanted to hurt her and then chose, <sighs> you know, that that's the way he was going to do it was by drowning three-month-old twins. Luckily, man, like I said, that girl, 12-year-old, ran out of the house, went and got the neighbor's help, and, you know, I don't want to see anybody lose their life, but that's the best-case scenario versus those three-month-old twins being drowned themselves. Bill Maher may have fired himself live on television Friday night by saying something I can't believe people think is a good idea. We'll do that next on The Stansbury Show. 06.9. Welcome back to The Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're already uh, prepping ahead for tomorrow's program, 9 o'clock, New Tour Tuesday. Turns out we got new Brantley Gilbert. New Lord and new Nickelback. Nice. We were thinking about doing the new Foo Fighters, but we did a world premiere on the radio station the other day. The radio station's already all over the record. And I know everybody just loves to hate on Nickelback. So we'll play you their new one tomorrow and get a judge on that. I believe if I look through my email, I can even find a couple of local submissions for New Tour Tuesday. 
Which, speaking of which, I'm uh, I'm supposed to be getting on the phone a little later this afternoon with Mike from Buzzbin. Yeah. And I believe we're going to start talking some things out about maybe doing a show of uh, past and future New Tour Tuesday artists. Maybe do a little local show at Buzzbin. It's one of the things on the docket for us to discuss about how we remain in business with one another. Makes a lot of sense yeah. right there. It seems like a match made in heaven right there. Yes. Speaking of Mike from Buzzbin, um, really, and everyone else in the downtown Canton area, uh, shout out to one hell of a first Friday this past weekend. Yeah, it was pretty good. Me and my girlfriend went out, had some drinks out in the streets, and honestly, like there were thousands of people, and everything went well, and it was just a really good time in downtown Canton, so it was nice to see this weekend. Yeah, it's pretty good stuff there. When the weather gets better, first Friday just gets that much more, uh, you know, cranked up, which I like. Turn up is what the kids say. You know what else got turned up on Friday night? What is that? I'll tell you what got real turned up Friday night. Real time with Bill Maher got turned on Friday night. Okay. Turned. Like, okay. <laughs> dude, so much so, the boy might want to bag it up. HBO has already come out and said they condemned what he said. Condemned what he had done. And I, for the life of me, can't figure out how this happened. I cannot, for the life of me, figure out how this happened on television from a guy that I know is smart. I know you don't always agree with what Bill says, okay? I know there are a lot of you that listen that lean a little bit more right than maybe Fantone or myself do, right? I get that. And so I know a lot of people out there just hate on Bill just to hate on him. Right. But Bill's not an idiot. No. But he made a wildly irresponsible mistake Friday night on his program, Real Time with Bill Maher, who I am a steadily viewer of said program. I enjoy it. But I cannot... I cannot let this go, as this is what happened when he sat down. Was this as, as Senator Ben Sass? Is, do I have that right? Senator Ben Sass, Republican, um, and honestly, from Nebraska, one of the guys on the right side of the aisle that I have had a decent amount of respect for. Feel like the guy's done awesome in his role there. Not necessarily what I want him to do. And uh, a, a new book he has out. It's called The Vanishing American Adult, and it's all about you know how nobody takes responsibility. For oh, I want to read that book. Yeah, The Vanishing American adult it's on my uh, it's on my to read list my summertime reading list. yeah i want to read that book too that sounds absolutely you know what about time i use my library there card. you go dude there you so, go so uh bill maher sat down with him the other night and then this happened to nebraska more <laughs> you're welcome we'd love to have you work in the fields with us work in the fields. that's part of that that's <laughs> senator i'm a house <laughs> no it's it's a Okay, now we let that clip go because I felt like the applause is kind of what I want to zero in on, too. Now, for those of you that don't know, what Bill Maher said is, you know, Senator, I'm a house enter. Okay? Okay. Now, going back to the days of slavery, mm -hmm. you would hear that there were two types of slaves. There was the field workers, and then there were, were there were slave workers. That's you know what yeah, there were field slaves, slaves, and then there were slaves who then worked at, at you know at the you know the house, the quarters there. Now a lot of, that's where the term Uncle Tom had come from, and all that kind of thing. And now obviously things kind of evolve, and it's it's hard to have real perspective on what slavery was or anything like that. But I like the narrative and the idea of like oh yeah, you were a house and her life must have been really good for you. No, like, it wasn't. No, dude, you were a slave. No, um, most uh, more often than not, women who worked in the house were chosen to work in the house solely because they were the best looking of the, the bunch, so they could be raped. The rapeable ones, right? Jesus. I uh, I've told Jesus. this story. Yeah, no, that's awful. God. It's awful. I've told this story before when I visited New Orleans. My buddy's mom lived down there. We went and we toured a plantation. 
right. and it was a sugar plantation. But, you know, more often than not, when you think slavery, you think cotton, but there were okay. plenty of farms and plenty of things, right? Tobacco, cotton, all kinds sugar, of sugar, all that stuff. Anything yeah. from the South, basically, yep. right? <clears throat> And so when we were down there and, you know, they walked us through like the master's house and like that whole thing. And, you know, you walk through the field a little bit and you're like, and then you look over and there's like a little tiny shack. Mm -hmm. And it didn't even click in my mind what it would have been. But then they walk us in there and they stand in there and they said, this is where the field slaves slept. And there was a woman standing in front of me that said, that's impossible by the numbers that you gave us. And the tour guide said, it's because you're not thinking about them stacking them on top of one another. And I remember thinking to myself at 22 years old, like, ugh, who, like, like the awfulness that is in that, like the evilness that's in that is just, I don't know, it was next to nothing for me. And it was eye opening when I went down there. Sorry to go off on a side tangent, but Bill Maher uses the N word. And I have said to Fantone plenty of times since in in the three years of us doing this show together, when, when this words come up, um, you know, by, by a white person invoking it, show me the time where a white person invoke, invoke the N word and it helped them. And where people went, you know what, buddy, thanks for bringing that one up. Thanks. We appreciate that. Why on earth would he think that this was okay? And more than that, even is listen to the audience then clap and cheer as it it was something he should have. I don't care if they flashed the applause light. If you say that word right now and the applause light goes on in here, I'm not going to clap for you and vice versa. This really does, you know, obviously I think the concept of the racist liberal is a very real thing. And, and, And to be like, oh, well, you're on the left side of politics, therefore you could never be racist. That's an absolutely asinine thought and that's somebody who's left dude i'm i'm right i'm certainly on the left side of things um but it's interesting to note and if we play this again you'll hear it when ben sass says something about oh yeah you can come work out in the fields with us you can hear the little groan in the audience because it seems like he's setting up a racist joke there the opportunity for a racist joke and that's coming from a republican and they're like oh but then as soon as bill maher knocks hits that joke then they're like oh it's okay because somebody on my side of politics agree like somebody gave that to me okay I, it's all right so we play the what if game all the time right when people say, well, what if a black person had said this? Or what if a white person had said this? It would be completely different. Or what if this? And what if we had Dear Black People on that show on Netflix? All right, well, I'm going to play what if for you. All right? And this is coming from a Bill Maher fan. What if Sean Hannity said what Bill Maher said Friday night? Let me tell you, Sean Hannity already fired. Now, right? We're getting into something kind of complicated here because... The shows are different? Well, the shows are different. The Different networks. The networks are different. The personalities are different. But... The word's the same. The word is the same. But you... That would be my argument. You don't exist in a bubble. This doesn't exist exclusively as a sound clip. I know you and I are listening to it as such. But when you have a, a, a repeated history of racist behavior, racist actions, racist tones to you, and you drop something like this, of course that's going to be less well-received than somebody who is perceived as less racist, okay, it was a one-time joke. I mean, how many times can you say something racist, laugh at something racist, joke about something racist before you actually are a racist? Or I think a lot of people would say, well, Sean Hannity has exhibited racist behavior throughout his career. Well, Bill Maher went for a cheap joke and and, Bill and, and Maher, whiffed on it. Yes, Bill Maher honestly used awful decision-making and deciding to reach for this very low-hanging fruit and but I will say this now, maybe this is my fandom of him because I am a full on Bill Maher fan. I don't always agree with what he says either, but I enjoy his program. I feel like I get informed by his program. And 
But I just, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. Like you, you know where we are in the world. I right don't now. think Bill Maher would you. I don't think he would hold. I don't think he would not promote a black person working on his staff over his views. Right? I don't buy that. But you can't say this, and if well, HBO fires them, I can't necessarily argue it because, we, dude, we got Kathy Griffin off of TV for, for posting with a fake picture of Donald Trump's head. If Bill, dude, if, no, 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 dude, if they don't throw Bill Maher on his ass, then what are we doing here, people? And, I mean, I, I guess you can get into, well, is by just using the word alone inciting violence, where you can say Kathy Griffin was inciting violence, or, or, or at least you can make that argument. Um, I, I, I mean, if you're going to get into the topic, of well, Bill Maher would still promote a black person on his show, but you're getting into the well. I'm not. I'm not dragging him from the truck. I didn't hang him. I, I didn't put him in a tree. Well, no, because aren't there? Well, there is a difference though, where racism comes into play, right? I mean, it's like I don't care what your views are as long as you're not. I mean, I can't legislate what's in people's heads. Is is what my point is? Where you know what I mean? Like but where what? racist actions are worse for me, I think. I mean, what's in your head is who you are to an extent to me. Like, that, I think, is uh, fair to, to say. So, yeah, if, if if you know that, like, I mean, like Donald, uh, or, uh, not Trump, uh, Donald Sterling, you know, where it's like, well, yeah, I'm going to let, I'm going to pay, sure, I'll pay a bunch of black dudes all this money in the world to, to go out there and win me basketball games, but I'm not going to let, you know, my daughter date one. I mean, who, who you are in your head matters, too. Yeah, it does. I, I worry about hate crimes and stuff. That's a whole separate conversation. Legislating what people think is a very, very, very slippery slope for me. But I think you got to throw this body. I think you got to throw Bill Maher, uh, his body to the masses. I think you do. I, I don't think you can be, again, the left. This isn't you, but the left is like, look at what everybody else is doing. Look at what they're doing. They're so racist. They're so bigoted. They're so bigoted. And then clap for a guy who said something bigoted. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's crazy. It, I would have not applauded that. That sitting in that audience. And, and, and one of the people who's probably dealing with that right now is Senator Ben Sass, who kind of like froze in the moment because you know, you can see it on his face. He's which, by the way, if you haven't seen this, it's up at WRQK.com. You can see it on his face. He realizes, oh my God, I'm in this moment in time forever. But he kind of smiles and kind of laughs and kind of like. Is that him moving through the moment? As as an elected oh, official, issue. as an elected official, you got to be ready to step up in that moment, and you have to be ready to shoot something like that down. He should have been like, he should have said, "We something, expect more, higher standard." That that okay? You know, Bill, I disagree with what you just said, and I don't find it appropriate. And I'm not saying he had to like, you know, end the interview or anything like that, but you've got to make it clear in that moment that that's how you feel. You know, when when we're talking about clips being passed around on social media for you know hours on end, days on end, months on end, you're right. Maybe a little bit of interjection of like, yeah, I better like lay groundwork here that right. I'm not okay with what just happened there. That probably wouldn't have been the worst call. My gut, I don't know why, my gut says HBO will hold their ground and they won't let them go. And I think, honestly, it's a little crazy. I, I, well, I think... Well, but but is it that crazy? Because I'm telling you right now, HBO played plays Pulp Fiction, and Quentin Tarantino cannot stop saying "enter" in that movie. I, uh, so it's like, but how is that any crazier than than one's art? One's an uh, uh, anytime you open up the microphone, it's art, dude. I know what we do. I would feel like to like feel it. like that. I know way. what I we know. do doesn't feel like it. I know what Bill Maher doesn't feel like it. But it is. I mean, he can hide behind the "I'm a performer." I'm as I'm a character. I, because you, are. I think there's a very different thing between like him as because he is a stand-up. That that was like his, you know, that, that's his background. 
But even in your stand-up routine, I wouldn't do it. And where are the people on the right who are constantly ringing the all stop being so PC, stop being so PC, stop being so PC? Hopefully those people are standing by their convictions and say, no, don't fire Bill Maher, right? Or if not, because well, he's on if, the other side. Well, dude, if they stand up and say, don't fire Bill Maher, and the, and it's the same people that, that scream, don't be PC, they're going to be called racist. Those people aren't going to raise their voices today. I get what you're saying, but they can't do that today. That's suicide for them today. I just think, I mean, if Kathy Griffin's going to not be allowed to host New Year's Eve, the red carpet on New Year's Eve, if she can't do that, how is Bill Maher going to continue to host and talk to senators, former presidents, vice presidents, serious political conference? Dude, Kathy Griffin's talking about what you're wearing, and we're not going to let her do that anymore over holding that thing. I don't think it, dude, if that's going to happen, I don't know how you don't throw Bill Maher out on his ass. And that's coming from a guy that doesn't really want to see it happen because I enjoy what Watching his show on Friday nights, I really like his show. But honestly, man, when I when I heard that, I was like, "Oof, that might be the end of that." We're holding on to a pair of three eleven tickets. By the end of the program, you will have them in your hands. More Sansbury show right around the corner. Nine. Welcome back to the Sansbury show on Rock one hundred six nine. We're online at wrqk.com. If you missed uh, last week's programs, you can podcast them there. Also. In the Stansbury Show section of WRQK.com is where you can watch a guy running away from the London attacks the other night, still beer in hand. Unbelievable. Like, dude, I love beer. But in the in that moment, I'm setting the pint glass down, and your boy, dude, it's asses and elbows, and that's it. Your boy's running. I couldn't believe I saw that. Now, we came back from Frank, and I'm laughing because I happened to pull up my Instagram account, at Stansbury Show. Okay during the last bit of that song and I was made aware that classy is when you have a lot to say but choose to remain silent in front of fools dear god oh my god I don't know who started memes but that dude deserves a kick in the nuts Ugh, I can't take it anymore do you believe in reincarnation um, no, not in particularly. It's a nice idea. I like the idea of it, but I don't know if I, I think it's a real thing. I want to come back as a hot chick. Okay. That's how I want to go through life. All right. I want to be a beautiful woman. Okay. They got it pretty good, the beautiful women do. Yeah. I mean, you know, beauty will fade eventually, and she'll just be a woman, but yeah, I know what you mean. Hear that, ladies? Just a woman. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but the reason why is because, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, young, good looking, you know, leads to popularity and being popular is not so bad there. And the dating world's a little easier for you, I would imagine. And you also get more opportunities. Yes, I would say that about all attractive people. I mean, being attractive, certainly better than not. I would always take that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a uh, there's a dating website out there for everyone now. Like there's golfers only for people like me. There's you know, there's you know, there's tractors only for like, you know, T County. There's all that stuff. Tallpeoplemeet.com. Yeah, there is one of those. Yeah, there is one of those. And you don't even have to be tall, you just have to be a lover of tall people. It's like, well then what is the purpose of this? Yeah, I've been thinking about golfersonly.com lately, actually. I've been thinking about that. Yeah, I I go back and forth on whether or not I would want to date somebody who has the same hobby as me. And I always said no, but then I've been thinking about it. It's like, well, 
she's going to have a job that doesn't have the same hours I have, yeah. and I get to play so much afternoon golf during the week that if she wants to go with me on Saturday, I probably wouldn't hate it. A little bit of separation there yeah. would be a good thing, and you're right with the schedule that you have. It would make all the sense I still get world. enough free time with my hobby. I might not hate it, so I right. actually might create a profile, and we might try to do that. Really? I mean, golf is essentially your penis in the same way there, where it's like, yeah, dude, I have so much free time with it in the afternoons. Maybe on Saturday, Sharon, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. You know what? What? I want that not to be funny. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if I could choose anything from today's program, I want that joke to not be funny. Now, I'm bringing all this up because there's a new dating site that's out there. Doesn't got a lot of press yet, but we're going to take care of that right now. Okay. It's called Mistravel. Okay. Okay. And what this does is it hooks up young, beautiful, hot women with old dudes who want hot chicks to travel the country, like travel the world with them. All right. It's a dating service that matches young girls who like money with wealthy dudes who like to who like girls with little or no self-respect, they say here. Obviously, that's the writer taking a little liberty. Okay. But basically, this is I have a ton of money. I'm logging on. Find me a chick to rent for a few weeks so I can take her to like, you know, wherever, Columbia or wherever the hell it is you want to go. Okay. Now, uh I, I, I'm hearing from one of the users, uh a twenty-four-year-old, Heidi Pandora says she's been using the site Fantone for three years, has been to 20 countries with random rich dudes, and uh, she's been to Dubai, Morocco, Hawaii, Aruba, and Thailand, or just some of the places she's been. My eyes rolled so hard at the name Heidi Pandora. (laughs) Dude, I mean, if they would have rolled any harder, they'd be out on the floor. Here's the thing. Now, I know this isn't great for all of you, but, like, that chick's not hot enough to, like, pay her to travel the the world with you. Yeah, attractive chick. I mean, certainly, you know. Run-of-the-mill attractive, though. Good-looking, yeah, but real woman good-looking. Yeah, like, there's nothing crazy about her. Like, dude, that, I mean, so what I'm saying is, ladies, you might want to think about doing this. How is this not prostitution? Well, if you're not exchanging sex, right? Are you really saying that these guys are taking them to Dubai and they're not having sex? Okay, all right. Now, I, I, all right. I know prostitutes. Okay, and um, a little, <laughs> a little better than I wish I did. <laughs> Remember those bow nose commercials back in the nineties? We're gonna start Stansberry nose. First one. Stansbury. I know prostitutes. <laughs> Stansberry nose hose. What a great website. What a good one. All right, but I knew a girl. We'll call her Heather because her name was Holly. Okay, and uh, and she was one of these girls who you'd pay you know a couple thousand dollars and she'd go to the Cavs game with you or all she'd right. do this kind of stuff, right? All right. And she would say all the time that there were guys who definitely yes would pay her for sex and she was totally down to do it. But there were also plenty of guys who didn't really want to have sex with her. They just wanted their buddies to think that they were cool. They didn't care whether they got laid at the end of the night. They just wanted their friends to think that they were, and that to them was the currency. Yeah, Phantom can't swallow that at all. No, no. I mean, and honestly, I think I would, could, I, but you'd I, have to pay. I, I would assume that that's a pretty small minority of guys who are into the girlfriend experience. I don't know, dude. I think what you're probably dealing with with a lot of these older guys is erectile dysfunction, right? And they don't care about the sex. They just no. want to be the, the perception of cool. Uh, yeah, but whether whether you're dealing with erectile dysfunction or, or, I mean, number one, of course, you can, you're Viagra? rich and you just snort Viagras, dude. I don't, I don't see any freebase Viagra if you want to. Jesus. Um, that, dude, that is. 
has not been tested <laughs> that is not, by anybody that is not. at the program. By at the program, not we endorsed have, by anybody. We have no idea what free basic <laughs> Viagra will do. But uh, I, I mean, bet a listener tells us tomorrow. But 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 I I, I, I think I think I think my point isn't too much of a stretch there to assume that a vast majority of these guys are paying these women for sex. Yeah, ultimately yes. More often than not, I bet these girls are actually. And what a ballsy thing to do. Uh, like, what a risky thing for a young woman to do. They're such like, a, hey, I'm just going to go to Thailand with right, you? Right, right. I mean, and, and like, let's the, think the about human that. trafficking capital of the world? You're just going to go to... I remember my dad went to Thailand in the military. And when... Dude, he spoke to my brother and I about it. Like, it was the worst place on earth. He was like, Daniel, whatever you do, just promise me you're never going to Thailand. Which made me want to go so goddamn bad. Because I was like, how bad is it over there? But, you know, I mean, what a risky thing for young women to do. Now... Do you think there's probably a site for young, good-looking dudes? Like, we're like cougars will just pay me to go to I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Alliance. One, I, I don't. I don't think it's gonna be cougars, dude. I think it's probably gonna be some old dude named Dennis sitting there on the computer saying, "Oh yeah, hey Stansbury, come on out here to Alliance, dude." No, I don't think that's a good idea. You trying to jiggle yourself out? I, ladies, I, I don't buy it. Ladies, here's the offer. I will literally ride on your lap on the rascal scooter all the way to Maslin. That will happen. Any fast food restaurant of your choosing, that's where we'll go. More Stansbury Show and those 311 tickets. That's all next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. We also have 311 tickets for their show at the Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park. That show going down June 22nd. We'll get you in here shortly. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need. A story that's breaking now. It will uh, more information shall unfold a little later this morning after we're done. Coming out of Orlando, Florida, law enforcement authorities in Florida say there are multiple fatalities following a shooting in an industrial area near Orlando. Uh, on the Osco, Florida News official Twitter. They're working the shooting scene that has stabilized multiple fatalities. Situation contained. Sheriff will brief as soon as info is accurate. Well, at least it's contained. You know what yeah. I mean? At least it, they, they, they've, they've got them on the scene, and hopefully it's best... You know, best that can come out of this comes out of this. Dude, Orlando, geez Louise. You'd think, like, dude, let these guys up off the map, man. Gun violence is right. good enough in that town recently. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So more and more info shall come out about that. I'm sure we'll get into that again tomorrow. Which will be New Tour Tuesday, where you yeah. get new lore, new Brantley Gilbert, and new Nickelback. If you were not listening this morning, I want to take one more opportunity before we get out of here to thank everyone, as yesterday was the three-year anniversary of this program on Rock 106.9. And uh, Fantone and I uh, both absolutely love being in Canton, Ohio. We yep. love uh, uh, being Canton's morning show. You yep. guys have made this show wildly successful. And I and I don't say that lightly because you did it. We, well, us. Do you do it? <laughs> we have not done anything to make this show successful. If anything, Stansbury and I just regularly throw hurdles in, in front of ourselves. In spite of ourselves, <laughs> we're actually doing okay. Yeah, so I want to uh, I want to thank everybody who listens and has shown us support, and uh, obviously everybody who advertises with the program as yeah. well. That's yeah. equally as important. So, uh, as a matter of fact, we're adding another one to the fold as I'm going out to a uh, do a little food tasting today at one o'clock at the, at the Crush House at Gervasi. Stansberry, dude, just going hard at the Crush House, dude. Those people in there are going to be like, "Oh my God, did what did just happen?" Literally crushing everything in there. <laughs> Dude, I went there for dinner like a week and a half ago, and honestly, it was so good. Their short rib beef orzo was delicious, so I hope they bring that on. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Kind of want to try that on one again. What do you got going on today? Uh, nothing too much. The girlfriend's got the afternoon off, so I don't know uh, what we're going to be doing. I know what doing. we're doing. Well, 
well, well, we'll see what we're going to be doing. Um, but no, no real big plans or anything like that. The weather's supposed to be decent this afternoon, right? No, Is that right? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I figure you, have, as the golf guy, would have chief meteorologists all over you. Once, uh, no, because I got, like I said, I got that meeting with Gervasi today, right. and then I got the meeting with Mike from Buzzman right after that. Oh, okay. So I knew golf wasn't on okay. my docket today, so I didn't even look at the weather all today. Right. I have no <laughs> idea what it's doing. So, uh, no, man, get out there and go enjoy it, though. Yeah, do what I can. Absolutely. We do have 311 tickets that show June 22nd, Hard Rock Roxino, Northfield Park. Let's pass those out right now. We'll take caller 15, 1-800-243-7625 on those. Aside from that, done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 1069. You guys have a fantastic afternoon. See you.